All right. Speaking of people you don't want to hang out with, I happened to stumble across this show on YouTube called Insufferable Bastards. Hmm. Hmm. Perfect, the perfectly fine. Insufferable bastards. Uh, those of you that are into podcasts like to listen to that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, you know. Hey everybody, it's Carlos Danger for the purposes of this broadcast, and welcome to a very special edition of Insufferable Bastards. Usually I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, hello. But uh, you're going to have to wait a second to hear him. Okay, so what we did here for my day job, I did a podcast with some familiar names and voices if you are a regular listener of Insufferable Bastards. I had Brian on and Scary Larry Dwyer of Connecticut Cult Classics. Dwyer. Scary Larry Dwyer of Connecticut Cult Classics to talk about an upcoming double feature he has at the Strand Theater in Seymour, Connecticut, which is, uh, you know, essentially uh, around uh, where I live. So I thought, hey, yeah, it can go for the day job, but it also serves, uh, you know, the 20 listeners of Insufferable Bastards. So don't say I, I don't do anything for you. Without further ado, here's uh, the other podcast. Are you confused yet? Give me a break. Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. I am Eugene Driscoll, a reporter, editor, and whatever else with ValleyIndie.org, a nonprofit online newspaper covering Ansonia, Derby, and Seymour in Connecticut's lower Naugatuck Valley. So my guest this week on a brand new Naval Gazing is none other than Mr. Larry Dwyer, who lives in Derby. Hello, Larry. Hey, Eugene, what's going on? I just wanted to play this song for Derby since we're both Derbyites. Sure. Derby, Connecticut. What a nice small Connecticut town. They've got just five square miles. That's all they got there. That, that's all I got, plus Scary Larry Dwyer. That was that's from, right. from YouTube, the guy who sings songs about cities and towns. Hyphen I've, never, I've never heard of that guy before. Have you? Oh, see, my son no. discovered him. Oh, yeah, he's got Ansonia down. He's got Derby All down. Right. This is one of his weaker ones, but Derby in case you missed it, yeah. and I won't do it again. Is there a Bridgeport one, or does he just stick with the Valley? No, he do, no, he does every town, every municipality in the state, I believe, is oh, represented. Oh, wow. Yeah. Marlboro. Marlboro. I think that's somewhere. I used and to then, smoke those. Oh, no, not me, not me. My parents did. Also, other guests tonight. Maybe you recognize him if you're a hardcore Valley Indie podcast listener. I don't know. <laughs> Is my lifelong friend, my brother from another mother, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. So I think this is Larry's like sixth time on Naval oh. Gazing, the Valley Indie podcast, something like that. I was I was checking the record. Brian's been on like, I don't know, four or five times. And Brian and I do another podcast once a week called Insufferable Bastards. 
uh, which is, I think now we can say that's probably, it's the most hated podcast in Connecticut, I feel like, Insufferable Bastards, which I'm proud of. I'll take that. I was going to say, I think I, if that's the truth, I'm sure you take pride in that. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It, it's something to throw in our promo. Sure. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I've never been invited onto Larry's podcast yet. I'm still waiting I, for that. So I, it's, don't, it's, I don't have a podcast. He just does everyone else's in Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> People ask me, and I just I just jump in. I yeah, I don't have my own. Larry never says no. Uh, for purposes of this broadcast, Larry is of course the guy behind Connecticut Cult Classics, which is a series of double feature screenings at the Strand Theater, the wonderful Strand Theater, which is at 165 Main Street in beautiful Seymour, Connecticut, right in there the, in the old uh, antique shop uh, zone. There, everything's an antique shop in that area. Every, that's right yeah it, you're like oh hey a new storefront oh it's another antique store like, they're doing yeah right they're it's doing insane it. i've never they're, seen so many antique stores and one getting it done but <laughs> yeah. larry what do you have coming up this week for or this month for connecticut cult classics uh february 19th at the strand um we're doing night of the werewolf 2 and it's two because we've already done one night of the werewolf a few years ago uh which was american werewolf in london and silver bullet um, but for two, I always knew that I had to do the howling Joe Dante's 1981 film and, um, picking what to play with it. I, I had two that I, I really wanted to show. And it was, it was hard to choose between, um, Neil Marshall's dog soldiers and, uh, ginger snaps. And I went with ginger snaps. I thought that that Better would be choice. a lot of fun. I like dog soldiers a lot. I really do. But I, I do. I, I prefer ginger snaps. I think ginger snaps is different. A lot of fun. I think people uh, will really enjoy it. And it's one I've never seen on the big screen. So looking forward to that. Yeah, You recommended ginger snaps to me, or maybe I just saw it. Maybe I, I don't want to say it was to me. I just assume everything that Larry tweets is directed at me. It is. Yeah. Uh, so you had said ginger snaps was a good one. And it was one I had heard about it for a decade. Maybe we'll, we'll go into it a little bit uh, later. Cause first I want to tackle the howling. Right. And uh, and obviously, I mean, I, I think the two most famous, I mean, OK, there's the, there, there's the uh, uh, Wolfman, with sure. Lon Chaney, of course, Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah. But of the I mean, there is like, you know, the, the, the Beatles versus Rolling Stones debate is American Werewolf in London mm -hmm. versus the Howling. Yep. Larry, it is a, it's a it's a spirited debate too. people. Where get, do you stand? I stand with American Werewolf in London. That's that's my favorite. Um, Rob Capralozzi, who runs Horror News Network and Connecticut Horror Fest, is staunchly howling. Him and Which I is why he runs the <laughs> and Larry and I'm works just, yeah, there. And yeah. I just work there. Yeah, I guess I can already see which side of the fence wow. Brian's fall I got. Um, but yeah, I think John Marini also uh, is a howling uh, guy. Oh, so all the weirdos. OK, I got it. All the weirdos yeah. like the howling. Seems that way, doesn't it? But Let's um, talk about yeah. It. I, listen, I love the howling as well, but um, if I pick one, my number one is an American Werewolf in London. I agree. I, I just I love an American Werewolf in London. It's just when I was a kid, I thought the howling. It's a comedy. Was, it, I, it, I, well, basically, yeah. So is the howling. Well, the howling's a scarier movie. But Brian, well, I wanted to ask you though, because I knew you were going to say the howling, because because yeah. I know you. Yeah, but man. you're a special effects makeup artist. Oh wait, I forget to I forgot to like. I always forget to play you. Oh, Brian, this is only going to be audio only, but Brian just held up 
a uh, what is that VHS of the Howling? I no, can't tell. It looks a, like uh, it looks like you're an action figure. figure. Figure, right? Yeah, I got oh. it. Somebody gave, just gave it to me for Christmas. One of the guys I work with, because I I love this movie. Oh wow! So so Brian is a special effect makeup effects makeup artist. I'll get it right one of these days. And I'm just looking at your IMDb right now. Servant, which what that's Apple TV. You were yeah. part of the crew, special I, makeup effects yeah. artist M Night Shyamalan. The Equalizer. You're on uh, the crew of that. I don't know if you know that. Doctor Death in the Heights. Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. The Sinner. Yeah. Jessica Jones. Villains, victims, the swerve, daredevil, iron fist, that. the Look punisher, the defenders. It keeps going. It keeps orange I, is the new black, ladies and gentlemen. Stakeland. That's my favorite Brian Spears uh film. There. Depraved. Uh, Dep- Depraved is up there too. That's the a, innkeepers. That's a, you're a big fan of Transfiguration as well. I that's right. I that. always forget that. That's that's dude, that's like really high up on my vampire movie list i love the trend that was my favorite movie of that year completely uh, out of every movie that came out that year that was my favorite movie transfiguration it's a Great very movie. good movie yeah so i bring really i bring all that up and i'm bragging about brian you know for one i got you know, i need to establish cred you know for the valley indie podcast we have very uh, picky listeners you know what i mean uh and also i mean the howling is famous as is american werewolf but the howling is famous for its transformation Right, Brian. Oh, yeah. What did so? What did this mean as a little kid growing up? I mean, you're about what you're pushing sixty five or so. So you were like twenty. I'm, I'm the same this- age as you, buddy. So let's not forget <laughs> that I'm a week older than you. So as as old as I am, as old as as old as you are. Um, I well, I mean, it what it's the and 80s, it came so out in 1981, 1981. Yeah. So this is the latex monster boom. You know, mm-hmm. this was when practical effects were king. Actually, the Howling was originally Rick Baker was going to do the makeup effects. Rick Baker then called his friend John Landis and said, Hey, I'm doing this. Or actually John Landis said, Hey, I finally got this movie, which he knew about American War of London for years. It just was one of those pipe dream projects, but he accepted Joe Dante's movie. And then John Landis called and said, well, it's a go. We're going to go make American War of London. So he had to politely refute, uh, bow out of the house. Politely. We're all mispronouncing words. Politely. But, well, all right, I'm a makeup artist. I finger paint, all right, guys? I'm not this prestigious, you know, I don't write things. I don't even know how to turn the computer on. Um, so he, he declined but offered up his protege of Rick, uh, Rob Bottin to do the effects. Um, and dare oh, so Rob I Bottin say, was kind of, I mean, Rob Bottin, if you don't know anybody listening, he is he thing, a god. But, he, yeah, he did the thing the next year. But, yeah. yeah, and he was young. He was like 20 when he did this movie, 19 or 20, like literally like he was 14 and made masks for Star Wars. Let me ask you, Rob Bottin, is he the special effects makeup guy? I mean, he's a rock star. He's on the cover of Fangoria. I remember reading him as a kid all the time. You know, we don't really have that today. Like Savini, Rob Bottin, Rick Baker, uh, K&B, I guess, was, was the yeah. last of yeah, the, the probably, rock star well, makeup yeah, stars. Yeah. Was Bottin the guy who kind of went on his own and he sort of disappeared or nobody knows where he he's is? He definitely that- disappeared. There's like uh, there's rumors, you know, you might see him at a bookstore, you know, like the rumor is. And again, this is all speculation from bo- uh, message boards. And this is what know, we're good internet. at. This is why on our other podcast we got we get attacked because we just. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. This one I, is researched. It's okay. like some, you know, but I can't confirm it or deny it because no one knows he's disappeared. But they say he invested wisely in real estate. He's my all time favorite makeup artist and that's oh is he he's your number one he's my number one and i think this this will have also to do with rick baker who i think is 
Check out his Instagram feed. Yeah, that guy is phenomenal. The Still, stuff he's doing yeah, after now. retirement <laughs> yeah. is just amazing. This is like what he does for Halloween is awe-inspiring. I was doing some reading before uh, we came on. And like uh, Larry had said, it's directed by Joe Dante, released in 1981, stars D. Wallace, and essentially the makeup of Rob Bottin. Again, released the same year as American Werewolf in London and Wolfen. And nobody and remembers Wolfen, Wolfen yeah. and, and yeah. deservedly That's, so. Yeah, that, that kind of gets forgotten in the mix. <laughs> Who's it, <laughs> Albert Finney? Albert Finney, yeah. yeah. Yep. Isn't Albert Finney essentially uh, what's his name from Succession? The father is that Cox? Brian What's Cox, it? yeah. Isn't that the same guy, right? Can, can anybody disprove that? <laughs> they could be the same role. That is totally Might true. Now. Same dude. So I was reading this thing. It was the oral history on the 40th anniversary of the Howling from something called Consequence dot net. The Howling oral history, and the Howling was essentially birthed by the same people who came from Roger Corman's New yep. World Pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the producer, I guess, was a guy, Robert Remy, R-E-H-M-E, who had been Corman's head of distribution. And then there was a Joe Dante, you know, who went on to become who sort wrote of- Who it? A, Somebody else that wrote it. Uh, John Sales. Had, yeah, John Sales. And they, he had, all three of them had come from Roger Corman's world. Uh, John Sales went on to become, you know, an indie god of the 80s into the 90s. And I guess now it's- Eight it Men Out, like he's man. A, he made Eight Men Out, didn't he? Mate one, Eight Men Out, Return of the Secaucus 7, Lone Star, Sunshine State. And now, I, I mean, I assume he's just like a ghostwriter or a script doctor because he's sort of faded away now that everything is a Marvel movie. So he probably wrote <laughs> Iron Man 9, you know what I mean? We just He doesn't take the credit. Uh, there's also like rightfully deep, so or smartly so there's sort of deep connections to Connecticut with the howling if you this is kind of a stretch but the howling was produced by Avco Embassy yep. Embassy was a a movie studio sort of a, a a small movie studio that had been around for a while 1967 it's bought by Avco uh, Robert Remy headed Avco from 1967 until 1982. Uh, no, I actually have that wrong. From 1967 to 1982, the parent company of Avco Embassy was Avco, an aerospace industry manufacturer headquartered in Greenwich with wow. a manufacturing plant on the Housatonic River right across from Sikorsky Airport. So practically, you can see the Housatonic River from my backyard if I was ever to invite anybody over. Uh, in addition to the howling, Avco Embassy's lineup in movies included, according to a 1981 article from the New York Times, Time Bandits. Oh, I love um, Time Bandits. Man. Phantasm. Ooh. The right. Fog. Scanners. Oh, yeah. Prom Night. Escape from New York. And Watership Down. Oh, wow. Yeah. That well, Watership that, Down. That slid in there, but. <laughs> Watership Down was the uh, yeah you guys know that one right that was uh, the, the 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 rabbit movie the rabbit just, movie the rabbits yeah yeah don't you, you yeah. remember renting that like in VHS as a kid and suddenly like it was a little kid, like you each other were, yeah you thought it was a kids movie and it's all these total, kids died it was the best yeah. like I was traumatized for life uh so yeah and he said in this New York Times article where they profiled him because he was a big deal I guess they went from you know they make movies for like three million dollars and make a hundred million like in in 1979. Uh, one of Avco Embassy's first successes under Mr. Remy was Phantasm, a low-budget horror film that Mr. Re- Remy frankly admits, quote, didn't make sense, unquote. <laughs> I think I on it. our other podcast, we called that the Mandy of like the like it's like a, a, a 70s version of Mandy. Phantasm. I, don't, I, I yeah. only saw it late. I think that was probably the first yeah, time we I just really watched, watched it. it. We all just kind of re-binged it. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's awful. 
So is whoa, anything? Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Any, oh, you, oh, you're you're a Phantasm fan? Yeah, I mean, I got scrims oh. right here. <laughs> oh, Larry has yeah, Larry is pointing to uh, for our audio listeners there. He's pointing to one of his two or three tattoos, and yeah. he's got the tall man. I hey, Spears right worked. Spears worked with Angus Scrim. I did. On what? On I sell the dead. Oh, okay, awesome. That's great. I met him once. Real nice guy. Really cool. Yeah, I met him. I met him a couple times. I was on set a few times with him, and then uh, I remember he uh, he wrote an article. I didn't have much dealings with him, and he included me in his article about oh, that's or his awesome. experience. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. I love people like that. Rest his rest his soul. And he was nope. a prolific writer. He used to write liner notes for the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Wow. Um, I think it was at a weekend of horrors. He did a uh, a panel, and he was somebody asked him about that. I w- I was like, what? I Whatever no awards you would win for that, he won for that mm-hmm. too. He was like very like celebrated like liner note writer. Yeah, yeah. I remember that that being discussed, and I was just kind of uh, shocked. I had no like idea. acting was like a side thing for him. Good for him. So, Larry, about the howling uh, sure. before we move on to the next one, uh, what else should people know about this? And then I guess like, I mean, we should say like it's Saturday, uh, February 19th, right? Did we say that that's, already? That's absolutely how, correct. How do people get tickets? Uh, www.connecticutcultclassics.com. The trick is you need to know how to spell Connecticut. Otherwise, you're not getting to the website. So hopefully if you live here, why I've never been there. Sorry. <laughs> I know. That's why I try to go and I can never buy tickets every month. Yeah, I'm like, www, and it never works. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. That's why you've never been to a show. And then I'm like, hey, uh, John, from the Pine of Comics, can you, uh, can you, can you snag me some tickets? You know, I, I, I don't know how much I Venmo that guy over the years. Oh, yeah. He's not anything. Helping. He's not helping you. Absolutely not. He wants to keep it all to himself. But yeah, Connecticut Cult Classics.com, uh, tickets available, plenty of raffle prizes, giveaways, a good time to be had by all. Lots oh, yeah. of great what are, trailers. What's some of the crap you're giving away? Oh, we've got um I've got an autograph eight by ten of um uh what's her name? Uh Emily Perkins from Ginger Snaps. I've got uh some full size uh, one sheets of the howling and ginger snaps. Um, howling uh, the novels because it was, you know, as you know, based, based on, on a novel. novel. Yeah, the colony or something like that. Or it was called, it was the, called howling. the howling. Oh, it was, it was yeah. called the howling. Yeah, but I, I've never read it, but I hear it's quite different. Uh, oh, yeah. heard quite, quite they made different. a bunch of bunch of changes. They made like a in one of the prior, uh, one of the latest sequels, which I've never made it up to. There's like eight of them, supposedly. Right? Yeah, something like that. There's one supposedly closer to the book. Oh, okay. Like in the All last right. one that was made or whatever. Yep. Our friends oh. at Weirdo Wonderland uh, donated something that I don't even know what the heck it is. It's a giant howling video disc. Oh, I don't even like remember. a laser disc or something, huh? That's, I called it a laser disc. He's like, no, no. This is a video disc. Completely different. Uh, but I guess he, he explained it as like the same thing with uh, what was it with Blu-ray? It was Blu-ray and there was something else that came out at the same time and the Blu-ray one. UHD uh, or something? Or, something uh, like I, that, yeah. But he explained it as the same thing. Video disc and LaserDisc came out at the same time and LaserDisc was the winner. So, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff to give away that night. It'll be fun. Now, how are you doing in terms of, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now, right? These screenings essentially once a month. Of course, the pandemic, you had to take some time off as to not mm-hmm. uh, to spread your dirty germs. <laughs> But yeah. now are people coming back like the the, the last one or are people be uh, comfortable and the numbers are, are dipping now? No, there's uh, the, there. It's it's a smaller it's a smaller audience. I'd say we're about uh, about a third of uh, pre pandemic numbers. Um, 
but you know what? We still got to have fun. We still got to, you know, get people in there. I make sure people know, listen, if you're not vaccinated, where am I? I'm not checking cards. I'm just holding people to their, you know, good word, you know, just, just be safe, be, be careful. And let's, let's have a good time. Cause it's, we need a good time. People need to have fun. There's a serious lack of fun in the world right now. So mm. speaking of that, let's talk time. about Joe Rogan. And no, I'm just kidding. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. No, I don't want to talk about God. Uh, you know, I had asked John Paul Marini there, the who does uh, who's involved with the Knights of Columbus, mm-hmm. the the group that owns the the Strand Theater, and he does a sci-fi at the Strand. I'd asked if there's anything else coming up uh, at the Strand. I guess they're sort of it's like a hiatus. This is like Larry, you're the uh, you're the guy putting on an event in the winter there. But he said, uh, "Tell Larry, Ginger <laughs> Snaps is weak." Oh yeah, he does. He's not a fan. And, we, and you should be showing Howling 2. It's probably a sister. white cisgender male. That is why you have yeah. to be more enlightened to like that movie. I he said you so. should be you should be showing showing Howling 2. My sister is a werewolf. No, no, I probably shouldn't. No, that's no. the Sybil Danning yeah. one, right? That's With that Sybil ending? Danning oh, one. Yeah, let's let's go on. I, I want to. The only problem. Be, with- I don't want people writing to uh, my funders. The problem with showing sequels. You can't as do part a sequel. A that's feature, the whole. Yeah, as part stupid. of a double feature is normally the sequel is weak and you have to end with it. Yeah. You, you want to end with your, I mean, for you guys, obviously when I did Texas Chainsaw Massacre one and two, and I ended with two, you would have thought that that was, you know, well, you should have played two twice. Yeah. You just should have played the part two twice. <laughs> so I would have uh, went, you would have went to that. If I played two twice, Hey, uh, how I'll, bad does that, how bad is that Netflix Texas Chainsaw thing going to be? Let's be honest. Ooh. No one's listening. That's oh, awful. did you did you see what I said about the trailer? I watched the trailer. How once. old is is Leatherface? It's, it's he's got to be like seventy five, yeah. eighty. That but movie the, came out. Did the you year- watch the trailer, Brian? Did you watch the trailer? Oh yeah. It's it's so it's basically like it starts out as Ghostbusters Afterlife with the kids moving into the ghost town. And then you've got Sally talking about I've been waiting my whole I'm like, now it's Halloween kills. What's going on? That didn't that, work, whatever yeah. that whole then they do the monstrous gore scene. Yeah. Which is just, oh my god! Well, I just think like Leatherface coming out of the whatever the the Texas poppies, whatever that is. I don't know what that was. That and like they they're they're trying to like play that off like it's some type of iconic shot. It just looks ridiculous. Like why is he in there? What does he? He just rises slowly. Did he (laughs) know he he was being filmed? Yeah, I don't. Was that for his Insta? I don't know. I mean, I'll watch. Of course, I'll watch. Yeah, Yeah, I watch it the day it comes out. I'm actually intrigued. I like that it's going to be on Netflix. Yeah. And so. I think here's the thing. The movie was supposed to come out theatrically and the, mm-hmm. they were like, no, this ain't going to happen. We're just going to oh, wow. sell it right to Nick. It, it had like 19 directors and a hundred writers and everyone exactly. keeps getting it's fired. One of those, it's, so it, that's, it's one that's of those never a good sign that if, if back in the day, this was a theater movie, this would be a February movie when, when they just dump all the movies, you know, Netflix yeah. got it out of the bargain bin, whatever that and some Dutch crime procedural, but that makes me want to watch it. A little bit more because I can watch it Saturday at seven in the morning, not caring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's See, the, and, and I'm, yeah, an, go ahead. I'm an idiot though. I still, if it was in the theater, I would go. I yeah, went to see the, yeah. I hate, I, I knew these Halloween movies were going to be horrible. I was there opening night. I know scream was going to be horrible. I was there opening. I don't even like the first scream that much, but it's just, if it's, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the theater and watch it. So I'm glad that this is opening on Netflix so I don't have to spend money because I would. I would. Hey, now I get the, to save uh, money. I know, Larry, you're a giant Friday the 13th, the game fan. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you heard, 
I mean, that game sort of it it it, uh, it fell by the wayside because of the lawsuit yeah. between Sean Cunningham and the original screenwriter. But Gun Media, the company behind the game, and it's a great game, and everyone should be playing it on Saturday nights with me until four in the morning, unless mm. you have some type of life. They're they're making the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's, yes. it's going to be coming out soon. So are they going to like support it for a year and then just completely give up on it well, like they did for the Friday? I, I, no, because the rights well, are available. Have, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, stop, right. stop, stop. Oh, no, I'm just Don't asking. I'm also, I will say this. Media. Out of all the franchise horror movies, Chainsaws are my favorite. Okay, uh, I don't think I could say that. The yeah, first one is the first one is a top three movie all time for me, but the rest of them, the two is great because it's funny and stupid, but the rest of them are just awful. Like I mean, they're no they're no more awful than any Friday Thirteenth, any uh, Nightmare right. Elm Street, and I guess I just I like that it's a real person and not an entity that keeps yeah, coming yeah. back and back and, and unkillable. Back and back. And yes, unkillable. Yeah, I get it. All right, let's take a quick break so we can hear a word from our sponsor uh, Dwork and Chevrolet of Derby another quiet tranquil day in Derby oh no that chainsaw Chuck again there's no dicker dicker's gotta go there's still room to negotiate these prices are too high I don't think it's the prices that are too high I'll cut them up like a steak I ever lunch He's out the lunch permanently. I've calmed down now. I'll cut till we negotiate the right price. Dworkin Chevrolet, Seymour Avenue, Derby. I hope everybody likes that high-pitched squeal, but that's a commercial uh, from the 80s that's available on YouTube, and I just can never get enough of it. All right, so the next part of the broadcast here, the, my guests are Larry Dwyer of Connecticut Cult Classics and Mr. Brian Spears of uh, a bunch of stuff that I read earlier and, and grew up two houses away from me. Uh, the next part of the show is called Larry's Hot Takes. Hmm. Uh, Larry, you often appear on Pina Comics, which is Correct. a Connecticut-based pop culture podcast. And in a recent appearance, mm -hmm. and, and for the record, this is episode 224, released January 15th, 2022, Your Honor. You said... And well, I quote. Here, I should, yeah, well, I should say here, I tried to pull a clip, but you got, first of all, you're talking about, ostensibly, you're talking about a short circuit, the old uh, children's movie about the dumb robot, which was horrible yeah. the day it was released. But I can't, I couldn't pull a, clear, a, a clip because they curse, these guys curse nonstop every other they word. Do. So you they said, do. Uh, I quote, tremors, tremors, I hate tremors. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did say. You know that. who liked Tremors? You like Short Circuit? <laughs> Nobody likes Short Circuit. Oh, oh short all right. Circuit. I'm just getting confused. No, 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 no. He just no. Somehow they brought up Tremors, just like we're bringing up Tremors. Uh, uh, Roger Ebert liked Tremors. Uh, you know who didn't like Tremors? Gene Siskel. So you're the Gene Siskel. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll be Gene. What's your problem with Tremors? Never. I just never. I don't know, man. Fred yeah, Ward. Fred Ward, Kevin Bacon, Reba McIntyre. Yeah, I don't Reba McIntyre. I don't I don't know, man. You know what? I'll, I'll, I thought I'll it's Reba, this. not Reba. Reba. I, think I, I thought I said Reba. When did it come out? 1990-ish? Yeah, I, I think 1990. I'll say that. I saw it when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. I didn't enjoy it then. Wow. I've never seen it since, and I've never seen any of the sequels. 
which I know there are several of. Everybody yells at me about this, so I feel like I, I might have to give yeah, it another offended. shot. I, don't, I was offended. I have nothing against Kevin Bacon or Fred Ward, for that matter. I'm a fan of Fred Ward, actually. Uh, I don't really remember why I hated the movie, but I just remember I saw it and I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I reached out to John Amenta from Pine of Comics and I said, uh, give me two scary Larry hot takes that I can ambush with him yep. or ambush him with. And OK, he answered, didn't know Steve McQueen was in the original blob. I know it's I, not that I didn't know. I just couldn't. No, there's no, only actually, one I didn't blob. Know. It's the one that stars Kevin Dillon. I get it, man. I get it. That's funny that you should bring that up because no. we might be we might be seeing that soon. But Ooh. anywho, anywho, it's going to be the Blob and Platoon, something like that. Kevin Dillon double feature. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to do. The you Blob do and that. Platoon. <laughs> that's that's a solid double feature. And then I, uh, I, yeah, I did get that wrong. I did get the Steve McQueen uh, wrong in a trivia uh, a trivia game we played. Oh, that's what it was. All right. So then Amenta though, and I'm sure. Let, tell me the truth. Did Amenta run back to you? And say that this is coming. Did he? Did nope. he? No, he didn't. All right, I don't believe you. I wouldn't. Uh, I'd, t- I'd tell you. You guys are like a sewing circle. But uh, the, the other thing, so I, I wanted one more, right? And yeah. Amenta. Then he he gives me that, and then like three seconds later, he says, "What is this for? The show?" And then I just respond. I go, "I ask the questions here." <laughs> he just says, "Good lord," and then he doesn't. That's it. He has ceased communication. That's the last I heard from him. So thanks for fifty uh, percent. Uh, of, of well, you got two. If you it got... wasn't for the show, what is it? was mine. Call... But if it I, wasn't I'm the one that picked show, out the first one, huh? if it wasn't for the show, what does he think you're gonna you're gonna blackmail Larry? I, with, I like, think he thought. Like, yeah, I was I'm gonna, gonna get wait. fired. I'm gonna get fired from my day job. I was gonna go I across. I was gonna go <laughs> across gonna to the other side of Derby and just leave Grappoids laying out in his yard. I was gonna wait for Larry to walk his dog and start going like, "Yo, Tremors!" and shaking my fist at him. And then I was going to put it on the Derby community page. We could argue about it for uh, 10 years. All right. So the other flick uh, to sort of wrap this uh, up is uh, Ginger Snaps. Uh, Came out in the year 2000. In the year 2000. It was uh, written by Karen Walton, directed by John Fawcett, Catherine Isabel as Ginger, Emily Perkins as Bridget. And essentially at the base level, the simplest description of this plot is that it's a teenage girl who becomes a werewolf and, and it's her journey. That's at the very basic. It, it's actually her and her sister and, and it's all sorts mm-hmm. of, it's like a feminist horror movie. But let's uh, play a quick clip of the actress, Catherine Isabel, who played Ginger in an interview I randomly stole off the internet. And it's probably copyright infringement. There's been so many iconic roles over the years from Ginger Snaps to Hannibal to, uh, to American Mary. Um, what's the most... Most, uh, which one is uh, the one you get most? I'm actually not going to play the interview. I just like the fact that at the beginning there, she's chewing her fingernails and breathing, and for some reason they mic'd her weird, and they just left that in the interview. Nice. Been in so many iconic roles over the years, from Ginger Snaps to Hannibal to, uh, to American Mary. It's a little, little, little ASMR action uh, on there. So, like, I mean, I guess you you sort of described why you chose uh, Ginger Snaps. Uh, and I guess my personal experience, like I was starting to say at the beginning of the broadcast, I mean, I heard about this movie, but mm-hmm. I don't know. At the same time, in, in my closed mind, I put it with like uh, 
what is that? Uh, Twilight. I thought it was like a oh, WB. No, I thought it was like no, Kevin no. Williamson horror because it's like, no. oh, it's teenage girls who are, are werewolves. This is ha- no, it's pretty horrible. dark. I mean, it's 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 got comedy, but it's pretty dark, man. It's you know these two two sisters who were you know both uh, coming up on puberty. Uh, yeah, it's it's Catherine Isabel a is the movie. That's basically it's all a metaphor for you know, becoming a woman and they, neither of them want to be, a, they make a suicide pact to, to kill themselves by 16. If, you know, if they can't get out of the town that they live in, uh, they're obsessed with death. They do all these, you know, gags where they take pictures of themselves impaled on fences and hanging. And, you know, they're kind of goth, I guess you would call them goth. It's a, so like there's comedy, but it's a pretty dark movie. Um, other than, I mean, Brian can obviously comment on this a lot better than me, but other than the actual werewolf when they get to it, I think the effects are really solid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the werewolf itself looked rubber and silly, but thankfully it's just, it's held to the end and you only see it for a couple seconds. They were smart about that. But the other effects are, are, are really solid for, um, you know, a 20 something year old indie film. It's also uh, a cheap one. It's not what, you know, they didn't have yeah. a huge budget for this. This was no. a very low budget. And movie. I think it's also, one of those that kicked around for a long time before they could actually get it made. I think they were worth talking about it for like five years before they even got approval. I think too, in this world, I mean, this woke world where we have to, like every studio is clamoring to make a female driven thing. It's but where it's almost forced. Like right. the reason I, I mean, we we've talked, I think everyone's talked in this world about le- uh, yellow jackets mm-hmm. and like how that's a strong woman show. Like it, 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 you know, this is ginger snaps is a smart movie. It's smart. It's relevant. Whereas you said, oh, it's Twilight. It, it will, or you would think it's like Twilight. It, it's like can be of that era. Like, yeah, it's there's not nothing that. forced about it. There's it, nothing yeah, forced about like, it. And it's, it's 20 years ahead of its time because it's totally t- told from a, a, a female perspective, particularly, uh, uh, you know, teenage girls, which is, yes, you never and see that very, uh, up to that point. It's, it's way ahead very, of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way ahead of its time when it was made, and, and a damn good the- movie. Like it, I, I was, I was, it knocked me out. I mean, I just, I watched it on Tubi, like during, mm-hmm. you know, I had a week off at Christmas, and I was expecting nothing, and I was like, wow, it's just a damn good movie. Like, yeah, you know, people are like, oh, for you know, th- when people are talking about certain movies, they're like, oh, for an indie, this is good, or oh, for a horror movie, this is good. No, this is just no, it's a, good a good movie. movie. Exactly. It looks like it was made for nothing. I mean, it looks cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even so, although it's got Mimi Rogers in it out of the, sort of, out of the blue, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, you know, just, like yes, just, just the fact that she decided to do that movie, she must be uh, cool as heck. But yeah, you know, I don't, I don't about... think, I don't think Catherine Isabel had done anything relevant at that point. I mean, she was American Mary later, and she's been in Frey versus Jason and other things. But I think she was relatively unknown at that relatively point. unknown if not um, she might have done some tv because she's canadian right like, yeah yeah canadian. yeah so she might have done like local stuff that we wouldn't know yep emily perkins was beverly marsh in the uh original it miniseries but other than that again same thing she probably did some stuff up there i don't know was degrassi around back there maybe she was on degrassi who knows i don't know i have no idea <laughs> but it, it, i mean it looks pretty cheap but it all works i love it you know like Clerks, you know, Clerks kind of came out of nowhere, yeah. and, and even though it looked and some of the performances are wooden, and it, you can tell these these aren't maybe classically trained uh, actors, but still, for whatever reason, 
that uh, magic in a bottle and it was a great movie and this sort of reminded me of that it's always great when you get a totally fresh take on something that is just so much more than it should be uh so yeah i i i hope people go see it too i'm actually bummed that i uh decide you know larry i wish you had told me you could you could give me a little hint you know i would have rented it on freaking tubi but, yeah uh, that's yeah you, you could still you could watch it again you know there's there's no flaw. i guess i'm weird like that i only like i, I watch everything once i mean you know okay. goodfellas i'll watch a couple of times all right all uh right. but yeah that's about but, it but, but back to what brian was saying about show that's that's one of the things i like about doing these double features is first I like to show movies that I know people probably did not get a chance to see on the big screen. I was lucky when I was five years old, my parents were taking me to the candlelight picks driving in Bridgeport. So I got out to see a lot of this crap, but a lot of people our age and especially younger certainly didn't. So I like to let them see something like the howling that they've, you know, never got a chance to see on the big screen. They, I'm sure they saw it 60, 60 times at home, but seeing it on the big screen is a whole different experience. And then I like to try to partner with something that they maybe haven't seen at all or heard of. And, and just maybe, you know, hopefully will be happy with. Usually they're not when I show something like that, but hopefully I think will. this is one of your better like double features, like because I do think I do think Ginger Snaps is a hidden gem. I Where, do, yeah. you know, like it's very much I don't think people have seen this movie. The other thing I wanted to touch upon maybe real fast and then we'll call it a night because it is a uh, we're recording this on a Thursday night. It's nine o'clock. It's way past my bedtime. CT Horror Fest yep. is allegedly returning to the town of Naugatuck. Or is it a borough? I never know. I think to it's the, a town. I thought to, it was a town. To Rubber Avenue. Yep. <laughs> the Naugatuck Events Center in yep. September. That's the word. Different this time is it's going to be 48 hours. I don't know if it's exactly 48 hours, but you know what I mean. It's Definitely not. Yeah, we're it's not over going the, straight. We're, <laughs> we're not going two 24-hour days straight. It's over the course of two days. And I don't think we've talked to you since that decision was made. Because no, you're always, so. you and Johnny Amenta are always like gossiping. and Yeah, know, and he's, he's feelings, always like, don't talk yeah. to Eugene. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So. Why? How, what, what? What triggered the decision to add an extra day? To, and CT Horror Fest, if anybody doesn't know, it's a, it's a horror festival autograph show uh, up in Naugatuck. The last one, September 21, uh, 2021. Massive. Like it was like, it was a lot of people. A lot of people. So, so because... Is the plan to kill Jake the Snake Roberts this time? Because the AC wasn't working in September. Yeah. And, Jake, yeah, the and Snake was, Jake the Snake was having trouble. And Jake was in the. You're the bringing him back the this AC, time. We're gonna do him in. We got him two days. Jake, sit there the and AC take it. AC was working in the part that that Jake was in. That's the funny part. Jake was in the the part of the, the building where the AC was working. He wasn't even in the part that was uncomfortable and 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 hot. Um. So yeah, I mean, just, did Mayor Hess get on that? I think that's his name. Did he get it? Did yeah. he fix that or what? They're I working on see. it. Uh, they're working on it. We we, uh, well, Rob and Christine went to them with a list of things that need to happen to that building and of course one of them was the ac and it, the list was agreed to so uh supposedly they're working on that and some other things uh, some other issues that we brought up and you know decided based on the size of the crowd uh last year that it's time to up the ante and and see what a two-day would look like um so we're gonna do it we're gonna roll those dice and and do a friday and saturday 
uh, we talked about a Saturday and Sunday, but you know, you've been to a lot of conventions. Sundays just always seems like a drag of a day. Uh, Sundays at conventions. We used to never... stay to Mondays. Yeah, me and Brian would. We would. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is that is that's pretty pretty low. Walking but, out uh... of a horror convention on a Monday <laughs> we, morning. We want a Monday. Should experience like that once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we were like, let's do Friday and Saturday. Fridays, people are excited, get out of work, go to horror fest, or take the day off, whatever. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. I think I think it'll be um, it'll be exciting. We've got some. I think we've announced three guests so far and we've got some other ones uh, up our sleeve that it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that's cool. cool. And I just observed the other day there that you got CT horror fest going to two days. So that uh, bumps it up a level there. And then you got, uh, you know, three or four hours away in Southern Jersey, you got monster mania getting mm-hmm. the cast of Dexter. I mean, so that's, yeah. So, and Jennifer uh, Carpenter. Luck. Yeah, Jennifer and Michael fans. Michael Hall, Michael C. Hall, yeah. Anthony Michael Hall, Evil Dies Tonight. I don't know. But, different. Uh, yeah, it's a different hall. Yeah, so a lot of good stuff. Brian, did you want to jump in there? Were you saying something before we wrap it up? Nope. <laughs> oh, and I just killed my mojo. I thought you were, wanted to say something about my Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, I did work with him. Oh, on, on, on what? Cold in July. Him right. and Sam Shepard. All the right. Sam he was Shepherd. really cool. I'll say that. He was really cool. Anthony Michael Hall was really and Sam Shepard. Oh, Sam Shepard was so cool. Oh, awesome. I remember I was doing a makeup on Ant- uh, <laughs> Michael Hall. Evil guys tonight. <laughs> um, I was doing a makeup on him and tonight. like Sam, I was playing Neil Young's decade and Sam came down and sat at the makeup room and just hung out and listened to it. And they kept saying like, how long is it? How long are you going to take for this changeover? And he just looked at the PAs that were harassing. He's like, today's all about him. It was all about, he was like, it was all about me today. He could take as long as he wants. We're not leaving until this album's over. And we, he sat there <laughs> yeah. and listened to Neil Young. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Like I like jokingly said, oh, you should record that for me so I can have this all the time. Like when a PA knocks on the door and like, can you hurry the makeup changeover up? Yeah. It was so cool. He just sat there and listened. And like, I mean, I he probably hung out with Neil Young. You know what I mean? He's that contemporary. Yeah. Like, you know, like I could have asked stories and he would have, but it was just to see him just sit there in a chair, legs folded, just listening to Neil Young was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Awesome. Take that, Joe Rogan. <laughs> you meathead. All right. So I guess, uh, Larry, is there anything else you wanted to add before we call it a night here? No, I mean, uh, you know, we were talking about Connecticut Horror Fest. You can check out the guests we've announced and uh, at uh, cthorror.com. Uh, tickets will go on sale spring, early spring. So check that out and get some tickets. If you're a vendor, you know, there'll be a vendor form on there. You can reach out and get a table. Good time. It's one of my favorite horror shows. I'm, actually, it's my favorite horror show now. Um, I think a lot of them. And maybe, maybe I'll change my mind now that you added two days and it gets so busy. I like that it was. It's, okay. it's a very community driven uh, yeah. uh, convention. That's sort of what I like. You know, it, yep. it hasn't exactly got too huge yet. Right. Which is, you know, a good thing, I think. You know, you really can hang out. And I know this because we've been past vendors there. Your, your guests are very open to hanging out with people and talking to people. Like, it's Except not a, comics. Well, yeah. you know, that's because that Lloyd guy scares everyone away. He just flashes his muscles. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but like, I just remember the guys from the thing came over. We had, like, oh, yeah, it was yeah, very, was cool. it was really cool. Like, they're, they're yeah. more, 
they're more well, Michael J. White seen a lot of bigger over. shows. Is it so populated you can't get a second? And like, yeah. what's nice about the show, you can get a you know, you can get Let's, your FaceTime. That's one of the things we think about when we're thinking about guests. Is we try to like somebody brings somebody up. Uh, just say for instance, um, I I don't know. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But the the next question is okay, who's met him before? Like, is he is he a cool guy or is he just one of those head down, sign your autograph, move along? Because we don't want those people. We want we want guests who are going to give a good fan experience. People who are you know super happy and excited to meet guests like you know uh, irony singleton from the walking dead was like one of the best guy he remembered everybody's names hugging people like that's what you want you know we just want people to have a good time meeting these people you don't want somebody who's just an autograph machine not looking up and saying hi to people so that's one of the things we it's, it's literally the first thing we talk about when a guest is uh you know uh presented to us we're like who's met him and is he is he nice or is she nice or that's it so I, I just think it makes for a better experience when it when the guest is a, a nice person all right with all that being said i want to thank you scary larry dwyer for coming on the uh the program tonight and mr brian spears as always nice to see you again and uh, i guess i'll end with some old radio ads or radio call letters from the old uh wads in ansonia W-A-D-S, Sansonia, Stratford, Trumbull. Good evening, residents of the great city of Ansonia. This is Mayor David Cassetti. That's it. For hundreds of years, we've brought you the news.